0: Thank you, Jason. Praise God. Well, greetings, church. Good job. Way to show up. Come on, give it up for the Lord one more time. He is worthy to be praised. Amen. And uh, listen, we have about, this is our broadcast service, and we have about people from about 17 different states that watch live at 11 o'clock eastern time uh, around the country. So can you give just a shout of praise for, for them because thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching praise God and then other people watch during the week. Wow what a what a great day and no uh, great students today. All right, so it'll pick back up next week, Grace students. Those who are from fifth grade till 10th grade go downstairs this time for Grace students. There won't be any today because it's Easter. We wanted to hang out with you, and we needed all your chairs from that room down there. Uh, And so uh, (laughs) thank you, students, for letting us take your chairs. All right? There are... There's like six seats up here, if anybody wants to sit right behind where I sit, where Brady and Jonah are at. Hey, you doing all right? Good Easter so far? Good Easter weekend? Man, we've had some great time. We had Monday, Thursday over at the chapel. That was really cool. We we broke bread together. What a special, intimate way. And then Good Friday, we had service downtown campus, and we had a fish fry, and we had to pray that the... Lord would multiply the fish, and He did. It was just amazing. Uh, we had leftover fish. Uh, we had a great turnout there, way more than we expected. And then the service downtown campus this morning was amazing. And this service, Packed House, thank you. And then all the hundreds that are watching online right now. You know, it's a it's a special day. Easter is a special, special day. Uh, and the way Easter came about, other than the resurrection, okay, we understand the resurrection. That's what we we tab, you know, Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. In 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea, when they wrote the creed, the men who were protecting uh, like Christianity they were protecting like hey this is how we believe this is the way we believe this is what Jesus said and so while it was being passed down from generation to generation century to century a group of men got together the council of Nicaea they called it and said we need to start writing down what our beliefs are now these were men that were dying for their faith like this wasn't a holiday for them this was a holy day this was a day where they they passionately described what Jesus did and in the when they wrote it, they also said, hey, after that third full moon of the spring solstice, that first Sunday afterwards, then then we need to celebrate Easter. And it ended up being on a pagan holiday, which is called Easter, and we call it Resurrection Sunday, but you could call it Easter as well. This was what took place so that they could say, we need to mark a day where we say, hey, this is the day that we recognize where Jesus came up out of the grave. Aren't you glad Jesus came up out of the grave? Amen? I mean, that's a big, big deal right there. That's that's huge, okay? And so today we're going to talk about the resurrection, of course. And, I'm gonna, and I'll give you a couple points on just some things that Jesus maybe went through. And I'm going to close with kind of a really cool boxing analogy. Now, I'm not a, a proponent of boxing anymore. I used to love watching boxing. And if you watch UFC fights or boxing, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm good on that. But I just don't like mashing somebody else's face in Uh not a good thing. But anyways, there are sometimes there are people I won't, never mind, that's, that's, uh, that's not a good thing either. And so, but we're going to talk about kind of some of the things Jesus went through, okay? Uh, I think we have to be careful that we don't take some of this stuff for granted, because when Christ came as all God, and as all man, he felt everything that he knew he was gonna feel. Like it's it's like have you ever watched a movie, and you know, somebody like they cut themselves or they or they smash their finger or their thumb with a hammer, and you're just like, oh, see, Jesus knew what he was going to feel. He knew what was gonna take place, he knew the stripes, he knew the crown of thorns, he knew the, the spear on the side, he knew the hands and feet, he knew all that, yet he did it anyways because he loves Jesus. me that much. I mean, the old analogy is he he loves us so much he spread his arms open wide and he bore the cross. But I like the fact that he put his arms open wide to accept every single person just the way they are, knowing that he died for everyone. Nobody is excluded that calls upon the name of the Lord. They shall be saved. Can you say amen? All right, so we're going to come out of Matthew's Gospel 28. We're going to read the first seven verses, and the Bible says this. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone, they sat on it. And his appearance was like that of lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became as dead men. They fainted. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, first of all. We thank you. God, for your son, Jesus, who came and died for every single one of us. We thank you for hope today, that we have hope in you and faith. Father, we pray right now that you'd open our minds, our hearts, our ears, our head, our thoughts, just to hear what you have for us today. Every single one. Father, just open our hearts Lord, to receive those things that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said amen. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. So this faithful God sends his son for us to die on a cross, the most hideous, horrible crucifixion you could ever imagine, ever by by man, and then he is buried, and in that burial he's put down. And in, in his disciples, uh, the Marys, different people, his mother, people and his brothers and sisters in his life, are all think, well, this, this, this is a done deal. Like, like the, Jesus was a great man. He was even a good prophet. He spoke of great things. He loved people. He was kind. He was generous. But now, now he's dead. Now, now he's, he's buried. What do we do now? But the Bible says that God is faithful And he's called us into fellowship with Jesus Christ our Lord. So he's faithful for our fellowship because Christ didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again on the third day. Amazing story that that people don't even totally grasp or understand. And like Janie said, there's many different religions and mantras and people that worship different things. But there's only one person that ever ruled out of the tomb and rose again. And that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you give him a shout of praise today? He loves you. He he cares for you. So let's go through a couple things. Number one, he sought comfort in community. This is what the church is. He, he births the church out to us. He gives us the church. Why? So that we can have community. In the Matthew, the 26th chapter, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John with him, and they go up to a place in the garden, and they're going to pray. And the Last Supper's taking place. Jesus is tired. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to take place. But he asks Peter, James, and John, would you come with me? Would you pray with me for an hour? And they fall asleep two different times. Actually, they fall asleep three different times. And finally, he says, could you not tarry with me for one hour? He's hurting. The Bible says that he's sweating as if it were blo- blo- uh, drops of blood. And so what he, he looks for community. This is what uh, people should look for. This is what the church needs to be. It needs to be community for each other. If you're hurting, the church needs to be there for you. Okay, if you're, if you're wandering, the church needs to be there for you. If you're, if you're hopeless, the church needs to be there for you. Why? Because we are the church, not this building, but we're the church of Jesus Christ. And wherever two or three shall gather together in his name, there will he be in the middle of us. So Jesus is right here. Everybody say, hello, Jesus. Hello. Aren't you glad Jesus died, but more glad that he rose again? And we celebrate that on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. Sometimes a church is a hospital. It's for hurting people. It comes in. It becomes a community. If you're hurting, we want to hurt with you. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. Sometimes church is a home. It's like a place of refuge where where people can find their safety that they need. It's like, Pastor, I'm I'm okay. I don't need anything, but I just need good fellowship. I need good community. That's what a church is. And when we when we go home uh, after service today, the kids will come over, and and Janie's got baskets for the the grandkids, okay? And she's got toys. And Ceylon Friday night said, our granddaughter said, oh Grammy, I know at my chair on on Easter Sunday. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have an Easter basket. And Her mother said, you don't go to You don't go to Grammy's house for a gift? And I said, yes, she does. (laughs) Because Grammy loves buying gifts. God loves giving gifts. He gave the very best gift he has ever given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But whosoever shall believe it on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God did not come into this world to condemn the world. But he came into this world to give life to the world. And if we accept that life today, we accept the fact, Jesus, you died for me. You didn't just die for Miss Jane. You just didn't die for Henry. You didn't just die for somebody else. You died for me. And in you, I can find community in believers. I can find a place where people can belong. I talked to a cool couple this morning. They're maybe passing through, maybe not. We're not sure. They got a couple places that they might end up living in. I thought it's so cool that they can just come in to a place of believers and we can almost instantly connect. Why? Because we have the same Savior. We love the same God. And Jesus needed comfort. He was going to die. He needed Peter, James, and John to wake up. And I bet if Peter, James, and John could do it again, they would have stayed awake. They would have known. And maybe you're here today and you're, and you're kind of saying, man, I'm just kind of, I don't know, I'm lackadaisical in my walk. Jesus is asking you, would you wake up? Would you, would you stand up? Would you, would, you, would, you, would you just get up in your spirit realm and say, listen, Jesus, you took a cross for me that I can live and have life more abundantly. He needed comfort in that community. Number two, he overcame panic and pain. And that's important. You know, Jesus the Bible says that in the in the in the garden he was sweating as if it were drops of blood. He he cried Three times in Scripture, he cried over Jerusalem. He cried over a lack of faith, and this is the time where uh, theologians will say it could have been sweat, it could have been tears, but it was like blood. He cried here, then in the garden. He had panic, and he had pain. He had issues. He w- he felt the emotion of the the burden that was placed before him, and, and maybe just maybe you are in a place today where you have panic, or maybe you have pain, or maybe you have anxiety, or maybe you have just issues that are with relationship. I want to tell you that through Christ you can overcome. That's why he came. He came so that we can overcome those things. He he showed us that these light and momentary trials, these, these burdens that we have. But Paul said there's nothing in this life There's neither death nor heavens. There's neither uh, this nor that. There's neither burdens. or There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. So if you're going through a panic or a painful situation, if you're going through trials and troubles, I want to tell you Jesus is going right there with you. He walks with us. He talks with us. He, He leads us. He shows us. Paul says we're joint heirs now with Jesus Christ. Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, who Perse- persecuted, who crucified believers, Christ followers. The early church, church had it rough. They they didn't come in and thank you, McDonald's. Thank you, Doug, for the for the egg McMuffins and the and the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. Thank you, Krispy Kreme, for the donuts. Thank you, servers. Thank you for people who helped in coffee shop. Thank you, all you people. But Jesus didn't have that. The first century church didn't have it. They went from house to house breaking bread. Why? Because their lives depended upon it. It's a special scenario, but in that there's pain and there is panic, the Bible says in Psalms 86 and 15. But you, O Lord are God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, even through our valleys. And your valley might be run through between two mountains. There might be people on the mountaintop over here. There might be people on the mountaintop over here. You're wondering, why do I have to endure this so that the Lord can bring you through? And that's what a testimony is. There's no testimony without a test. And there's many testimonies that we all have in our life. I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and relive some of those tests. But I'm glad I get to share the testimony and say, hey, God, will see you through. Christ is on your side. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He is your friend, and he is a soon-coming king. That's who we serve. That's the king that we serve. And even the king had some panic and had some pain. Number three, he bravely embraced Judas's betrayal. Maybe some of you feel betrayed. Maybe some things haven't worked out in your life. Maybe it's been a relationship. Maybe it's been a job, a business venture. Maybe it's been, you know, a, a child. Maybe things aren't the way we think they should be. But Genesis 15 20 says, whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around and make good come of it. Whatever the, And we know these things, Paul says, that all things work to the good of those that love the Lord or are called according to his plans and purposes. So if somebody's trying to betray you in your life or someone has betrayed you, just know this, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on the king. Try not to get caught up in the, in the shoving match. Try not to get caught up in the, in, the, in the pounding. Try not to get caught up in the verbiage and the words. Use wisdom. A, slow, a soft answer turns away wrath. Most people who walk in betrayal, or, or they're the they're the ones being doing the betraying. They they're, they're consumed with themselves. They're consu- this was Judas. Judas was consumed with himself. He found out somehow Jesus wasn't really setting his kingdom up here on earth. His, his kingdom was going to be set up in heaven, and Judas was like, I, I can't wait that long. And I'm paraphrasing. Okay, I'm I'm using Mark's interpretation. It's like, I, I got to go, I'm going to go turn him in. He's, he's a fraud. He's a fake. So he sells, he sells the rights to Jesus for 30 p- pieces of silver, which he ends up throwing out into a field when he realized that he made an error. But Jesus does this. Even though he knows Judas is going to betray him at the Last Supper, he tells Judas, go and do your work. Even though that takes place in that last moment when he tells Peter, James, and John, come up. My time is now at hand. Time to wake up. Come over here. And Peter draws his sword and cuts off Malchus's ear. Think about that. Peter's going to like, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm win this battle. I was thinking a minute ago, my two oldest grandsons were able to sit in the front seat with me. You know they're bigger than I am. Like they're in fifth and eighth grade. Like, I've got built-in bodyguards. This is the, the greatest thing ever. I, I can't wait till they even grow some more. Yeah, cut, try to mess with me. Just try. I'll call my sixth-grade my sixth grandchild on y'all. He's like a little bull. And Brady's even bigger. See, sometimes when we feel like we're being betrayed, we need We need friends we need that community we need church but jesus reaches out to judas one last time and says friend while judas is betraying him i think he was given one last lifeline like hey here, here it is i'm judas i'm gonna get. not that he wanted to avoid the cross cuz the that was that was already going to happen but maybe just maybe there's someone in your life that you don't you know Like, I can't call that person friend. Listen, I got a couple people that, man, it'd be tough. It'd be tough to call them friends. It'd be be really, because I'm a protector, right? And you're a protector. You're like, pastor, I can't call them friends. Then maybe just avoid them. (laughs) Maybe just, you know, because preach is really good. You need to call everybody friend. But I know there might be that person in your life that you just can't. Well, then just pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you for his sake. Then just pray for them. I had a boss that used to use me up all the time, and I prayed for him. And I didn't, Actually, I didn't pray for him. The Lord says, you need to pray for him. I'd go to an early morning prayer meeting, and his name was Don. I'd pray for Don. Oh, God, fire Don. Get rid of him. <laughs> I did. It's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> well, I thought I had, I, was, I had righteous indignation. I was arrogant with my prayers. I wasted prayers on that. God said, what are you doing? I so said, I'm praying for Don. You told me to. It's your fault. Pray for Don. Oh, Father. And it took me about three months. Would you you bless Don? And we were living in Omaha, Nebraska, and I I heard Don wanted to move to Florida. God, would you move Don to Florida? (laughs) Would you give him a better job in Florida? A good job. God, just give him a great job in Florida. He wants to move to Florida, God. I'm standing in the gap for him. About six months later, God moved down to Florida. <laughs> but we became golfing buddies before then. He confided in me that he had some heart issues. I prayed with him, showed him the love of Jesus Christ. Now, he did not like me. I can promise you that. My brother, older brother worked for the same company, and they got along great. And he thought I was going to be like my older brother, and I'm not. So he just man, he just berated me. He just used me up, in my opinion. But by the end, we were confidants, and never he needed anything. He said, Mark, could you come here? We'd go in his office, shut the door. Hey, would you pray with me on my heart? Would you pray with me on this move? Would you pray with me? If we pray for those people that despitefully use us and persecute us and don't even like us, God will do a great number, not only on them. (laughs) He'll do a number on you as well. Amen? All right, number, number four, he quietly endured Pilate's plot. He quietly endured this plot. He, he, like, Pilate said, do you know who I am? First of all, Cephas and Herod and Pilate, none of them wanted to kill Jesus because they didn't want his bloods on his hands, but they all wanted Jesus dead. It's kind of funny when someone gives you advice, but they want somebody else to administer right? Like, hey, yeah, go tell them to do that for you. That'd be really good. That's good advice. No, it's not. That's not good advice at all. So Pilate's wife has a dream. Don't kill this man. It's not going to turn out good for you, Pilate. And Pilate's like, he, he starts to please the people. This is why we always have to please God and not person or man, right? We've got to do what God says and what God wants us to do. So Pilate comes up, sends them to Herod, then comes back, sends them to Cephas, come back, and then they're going back and forth. And finally, Pilate's he's fed up with it. I'm going to put this man to death. Jesus, you say you're the king of the Jews. You say that I am. So then a couple more times, Pilate says something, and Jesus was quiet. The Bible says he didn't say a thing. He quietly endured, okay? Pilate's plot. And sometimes when we walk through life because of what Jesus did, we just have to zip our mouth, not say a word. Just just let God fight your battles for you. Let, let Jesus fight those battles for you. Can you, can you see, hear, hear what I'm saying? If, if you allow Jesus to fight your battles, you're going to be victorious every time. If you step in and decide you're going to start fighting, then not every time good things will happen. The Bible says in Colossians 3.3, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, if I'm dying to myself, that battle's not mine anymore. It's God's. If I find myself in Christ, then I'm already victorious because this life is temporary. 1974. If you're a, a fan of sports, and I am, and this is a long time ago. Many of you weren't even born yet, so don't, you know, give me that look. Oh, 74. 74. There was a fight in Zaire, Africa, between Muhammad Ali and uh, George Foreman. And Ali had been the the world heavyweight champion, and Joe Frazier beat him in a 15-round decision a year and a half, two years before that. And so, Ali wanted the title back. Well, in the meantime, Frazier, who beat Ali, fought George Foreman, and George Foreman just pummeled him. No, George Foreman was a boxer before he was a grill maker. Many of you don't know that either. Oh, he's a boxer? Yeah, he was a heavyweight champion of the world. Named all six of his sons George. True story, too. That way, when he called, said George, at least one of them would come. F- Foreman just tortured Joe Frazier. Beat him to a pulp. It didn't last two rounds. All well, these signs to the fight uh, Foreman... And he realized they have to come up with a different type of strategy, and the the strategy has to be something because he's six foot four, 255 pounds. He's ten years younger than, or eight or ten years younger than Ali. He's not been punched like uh, Ali has, and Ali's thinner. He's about 205, an inch and a half shorter. He can move. He can dance. He can, and so they started to come up with a uh, with a, with the with position, a plan. What do we do? Should we dance around? And Ali and his trainer, who was the world's best trainer, he said, no, let's, let's do rope-a-dope. Let, let's just stand against the rope and let, let them pummel you. Well, that's not a good, listen, don't do that. I'm just going to stand there for six rounds and let you pummel me. That, that's not, don't. But that's what they did. And for six rounds, George Foreman just hit Ali with everything that he had. And people had actually thought Ali, Muhammad Ali had lost his mind. He, he just, he laid on the rope for six rounds and foreman for three minutes a round would just, would just pummel him. On round number seven, Ali came out and started dancing around. And every now and then he would just take a shot, just take a shot, just take a shot. See, in boxing, you jab with your offhand. So if I'm right-handed, which I am, I would jab with my left hand, and then every now and then I would throw I would throw a right punch. That's the power punch. The problem with throwing a power punch too soon or off-guarded is there's gonna be a counter punch coming back at you. So Jesus understands this, and for three and a half years, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin court, the Romans, the, all the people who didn't like him in an grind they had jabbed Jesus. They had just jabbed him and jabbed him. You're just the carpenter's son. You're not. You're not the son of God. Who are you? Who do you think you are? You're not. You didn't even go to the rabbinic school. What's taking place? And they would jab him and jab him and jab him and jab him and jab him. And the apostles were just waiting for that that punch. They're waiting for. In fact, Peter just said, "You're not going to die." And Jesus said, "Get behind me, Satan. You're curse to my call." And so now he's hanging on the cross. And don't you know Satan thought he had him down? Don't you know Satan just thought he, he in fact, Satan connected on that last, that last throw. Well, back to the battle in Zaire, in the sixth, seventh round, Muhammad Ali started to dance. And Frazier, or Foreman, just wore himself out for hitting the, the body bag for six rounds times three minutes. Toward the eighth round, Muhammad Ali came out of his corner and he knocked George Foreman out and won the heavyweight title one more time. On that Friday night when Christ was on the was on the cross, Satan thought he threw a punch that knocked Jesus out. But he he forgot about the counterpunch, right? And Jesus rose again on the on the third day on that on that Easter morning, on that resurrection morning. He's he's victorious. He's the victorious warrior. He's the victorious savior. He's the victorious king. Which leads us to number five. He arose before the apostles awoke. See, Satan thought he had Jesus right where he wanted him. In fact, he did. That's where Jesus' plan was. God's plan was for Jesus to come. The Bible says it in Genesis, second chapter, that the, the, or the third chapter, that the heel of her seed would bruise the head of the serpent. And so right now, not only does Jesus stand on the throne room of grace, making intercession for us as a victorious warrior, that all of you in Christ, if you're a victory, that you're found in Christ, you too are a victorious warrior as well. Because the enemy is under your feet, literally under your feet. He has no right to you. He has no throne to you. He has no, listen, well, pastor, what if someone dies of a cancer or illness or a sickness or a disease? That's because of the fall. And if they're found in Christ, they're all whole again in, in Jesus' name. They're in heaven. They're, they're, they've won the battle. Yes, this we have to endure. And sometimes things in our life, we will endure those things. But we get to the other side where Jesus is, we'll see the victory that we have. There's three groups of people here that I want to talk about very quickly. And then we'll close and sing another song. Cast of characters, I call them. The first ones are the two Marys that we read about. They went to the tomb. Those are people who are eager to find. And maybe you're one of the Marys that you're eager to find Jesus, or you're eager to find a deeper walk with the Lord, or you're eager to find the thing that's missing in your life. Everybody says, there's a God-sized hole in my heart. I need it filled. Only God can fill that through his son, Jesus Christ. But the two Marys got up early, and they walked to the grave, and they said to each other, who will roll away the stone? They, they had spices and herbs. They were going to They were going to anoint the body. But who should roll away the stone? They went by faith. Sometimes we have to take things by faith. We can't make sure everything's worked out before we move in that direction. Sometimes we're just like Abraham, we have to move in that direction. The next person is the angel of the Lord. He was sent to tell. So they were eager to find, but he was sent to tell. And he's sitting there. Could you imagine an angel sitting on the, on the tomb? We've had several people see visions of angels standing right here on the platform during worship or during during preaching. I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't know. But could you imagine seeing an angels just sitting there and he said, he's not here, he's, he's risen. Go tell the disciples. And in fact, in Mark's gospel it says, go tell the disciples and Peter. And you see, Peter had messed up. Peter had messed up as bad as Judas did. The only good thing about Peter is he gave himself a chance. The Bible says that Judas went and hanged himself before Christ died. But Peter, even though he didn't count himself as a disciple anymore, go tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus was making a special effort and he'll make a special effort for you today. Go and tell someone. And then the third type of person that we are sometimes are the disciples who are hidden and afraid. Those brave men they were they were hidden and they had to go find him they had to go tell him he's a rose and maybe today you're just a little bit hidden or afraid of of certain aspects of your life they say anxiety is worse than it ever has been fear is worse than it ever has been everybody blames COVID. i blame the enemy the enemy He wants to strike fear. That's the greatest bluff of all time. If you can strike fear, you can strike doubt. If you can strike doubt, you take away hope. If you take away hope, you minimize faith. And then you have a church that's empty and void of the power of the Holy Spirit, the very entity that Christ gave us. Stand with me this morning, if you will. And I want you just to contemplate within yourself for a moment. Just a moment, we're going to pray if you're if you're here today and you, you just feel like you're hidden and afraid or if you're here today and you feel like there's a void if you're here today and you feel like you're you're not worthy if you're here today and you feel like it's there's no acceptance you there is no community in fact, if you would just close your eyes and bow your head for a second. If you're here today and any part of this message is ministered to you, like, man, I, I need community or or I need forgiveness or I need healing or I need to I need peace in my life. Just raise your hand right now. Just quickly write up and write down. Thank you for those hands. Absolutely. Father, in Jesus' name. Let me pray, and we're going to sing. And while we pray, I want you just to receive it. And while we sing, I want you to accept it and know that Christ died for you, that you can have peace, and you can have love, and you can have joy. And yes, it might be there might be some struggles and trials, but Jesus did it for us to help show us the way. Father, we speak right now to every hand that was raised for whatever issue. Lord, if, it, if it's sin, if it's, if it's doubt, if it's fear, if it's healing, if it's unbelief, if it's panic, if it's anxiety, Lord, we, we speak peace. We speak forgiveness. We speak hope. We speak love. We speak joy into every person right here and right now. We thank you, God. Father, Lord, that uh, men and women right here, Father, Lord, are contemplating what you did for them on the cross, and we receive it right now. We're so thankful, Father, that you rose again. Jesus, we thank you that you sit at the right hand of the Father Almighty. I pray especially, Lord, for those that raise their hand today, or that are wandering, or let's show them community, show them blessing, show them friendship, Lord, in Christ, in Jesus' name.
1: is sin
2: Chose Resurrection Sunday to be with us. we it means the world to us, and um, we, I think we still have some coffee out there and a few donuts and a, a few um, muffins and just whatever's out there. Just help yourself. But there's a photo wall when you come out this way, and we would love for you just to take pictures with your family or your friends. Put your BFF in there, and if you would just, if you're on Instagram, tag at Grace Church to share that on our page as well or facebook just if you could shoot it to us that'd be great um, at grace church um i don't know anything about facebook so i don't do that so somehow i think you can tag on facebook maybe oh no we don't do that but we have a page so if you do that we would love to share your pictures and again we're so happy that you're with us if you're the middle schoolers normally on this day the middle schoolers all go downstairs at the sermon time um didn't have room to do that today, and uh, people. So, Emily has your Easter baskets up here, and you don't want to miss them because they're really fun. She's got them loaded up. So, if you're middle school age, come up here and see Emily and get your basket. So, um, it's great having y'all with us today. We love you. Father, we bless you and we love you. We thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that you go with each and every person, and Lord, that you would bless them situation they're going through. We love you. and We thank you that we get the privilege to celebrate the greatest miracle ever given. And we love you for that so much, Jesus. We bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all so much. Be blessed. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.